welcome back to Baking with Booze, the podcast where two friends talk about a few of the things they love most, food and the paranormal. We are your hosts, Bree and Katie, and each week we will serve you up a tasty treat and terrifying tale. So grab a blanket and a snack as we share with you what we've dug up. Welcome back, everybody. We are recording, oh, balls, number 35? Yes. Hey, number 35, episode 35. My favorite number. It's your favorite number? Yes. Mine's 17. Huh. I did not know that. So, episode 35. Bree, how was your week? Uh, my week goes fine. Um, Chris and I came to the decision that I will be dropping one day off of my work week, um, due to not only mental health surrounding my job, but also because, um, some things are going on with family and I need to be able to have a day um, to be able to watch my kids. Um, and the day that I'm going to be off is the day that, you know, school is most likely to be out when they decide to be out. So, yeah, for health and family reasons, we decided to cut down my work hours. So that's been a huge shift and I, I don't I'm excited but the the capitalist or capitalist brain tells me this is wrong mm-hmm. and how dare you leave for this reason and why are you not working Monday through Friday and what are you gonna do with your life? What does it amount to kind of thing? You know. But you know, also it, another factor in our deciding is that things are ramping up with the podcast and, um, also with my own podcast, you know, things are moving along at a decent rate Mm -hmm. and it's just taking up more and more time, uh, to be able to manage. So, Somebody had to give, and it was the job. That's dumb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I still need a paycheck, and, you know, I, I... Yeah, I know. I just mean, like, that's totally... If I if I had the capability, yes. that's totally where I would have given... You know, yes. I would have lost out on as well. Yes. Um, from what I know of where you work, mm, I can't feel bad for him. No. Not at all. I'm very fortunate to have a partner who is, you know, financially stable and is more than willing to support me. Um, Actually, it was him who really pushed that forward once we said that, you know, financially we would be okay. Um, and I was him hawing around about it, you know, what do you think? Well, I don't know and whatnot. And he was the one to take the hands on the chin and the cheeks and be like, woman, do the thing. You need to do it because you come home and cry every week because of this job. And I want you to be happy. That is what a good partner is. Yes. That's why we love him. Yes. God, do you think they can hear my fucking stomach? Probably not. But, you know, last week we heard my cats, even though it was just little pitter-pats. Yeah. But it sounded like they were batting the microphone. (laughs) Okay, well, my stomach isn't even upset. I don't know why. It's just, it's it's trying to figure out its life. Is what's going on right now. <laughs> Apparently it's digesting. Yes. Digesting potato. Yeah. Mm, I can't wait to eat more of that. <laughs> it's really good. Well, um, anything more about your week? Your wedding is getting closer. My wedding is getting closer, which is getting... I just thought today I need to write my vows, my own personal vows. And went, oh God. That's stressful. I need to write my 
Matron of Honor speech. Oh, you're reviewing the Matron of Honor speech. I sure the fuck am. Oh, dearest. I can't wait. I also need to um, email the venue and, you know, a couple extra other things. Uh, more pertaining to this week, my son wants to do something very extroverted <laughs> that, you know, unfortunately he cannot drive himself. So he's dragging <laughs> his very introverted mother to a very extroverted activity that I don't know how I feel about. He wants to join the Cub Scouts. And it fills me with cringy things. I, I, I'm I, eating my words here because he. I've always told my children that I want them to try anything they want to try at least once. As long as it makes sense yeah. financially and time-wise. And, like, he wanted to do wrestling last year. And I'm like... I am not about to drive all over Ohio because one of my friends, her son has been wrestling for years Mm -hmm. and I reached out to her to ask her, you know, give me the deets. Like what, what should I expect from this? And I was like, "Eh, incorrect, not happening. And I told him why, but I, something is conspiring against me with this because every avenue that I have looked at will like, he is one day off a week. One day out of seven days that he doesn't have something to do. And it's during a day where he has something to do. And I'm like, well, that lesson, you know, they'll they'll never be able to change it mm-hmm. because normally we can't. Mm-hmm. Well, now we can. That's perfectly okay. And then they required something else that I thought was a requirement to join. And I reached out to the den mother and she's like, nope, not, not a requirement. Damn it. So I... (laughs) You were so hoping to get out of doing something that your child really wanted to do. And then every every door just opened up and was like, welcome. Yes. Like, no. Now you have to do the extrovert thing. I don't like extroverted things. (laughs) Well, what about any more with your week? Um... Yeah, that was really it. There's just... Yeah, change in work. Yes. And wedding coming up and child activities. Yes. Mm. Out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. On most things. I feel you. That's not why I don't have children, but when you tell me about situations like this, I'm like, oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Because I would just be miserable, I think. Yeah. Oh, surprise, we're recording together again. Surprise. That is what I fucking wanted to say at the beginning of this episode when it was just Uh, a long pause and I just looked at you like my eyes glazed over. (laughs) Was that our devilish dessert and then episode 34... We were doing, like, remote, so my voice sounds a little funny. But we are back in person, baby, because nobody's fucking sick anymore. And everybody is home and where they normally are. So this is nice. Yes. Has it been two weeks since I've seen you? It's been two weeks. Yes. Yes. Okay, okay. Um, all right, well, anyway, that's all I wanted to say. (laughs) How about your week? Regale me. Uh, my week was fine. Um, you know, it's just me on my shift now in my department. My my dear friend Brandy uh, is on first shift now. So it's just a little lonely by myself, but um, I've been fairly productive, and um, I started listening to books, starting getting into listening to books again. I go through my phases where it's just books, books, books for, like, a month or two, and then I won't touch one for years. Yes. So I'm currently in one of my phases, thanks to you. You're welcome. Um, I just finished one that seemed like it was setting up to be a really good story, and then at the end it was like mid-climax, and then Limptic is what happened, <laughs> which I told you about. Yes. So the ending was very... Oh, gosh. It was almost like, which I know you haven't, But for people that have watched Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. it was, like, all this, like, world and story building. And then season eight, a.k.a. 
the last couple chapters of this book hit mm-hmm. and they were just like oh and then this happened I'm like are you fucking kidding me so for somebody that doesn't read books too often i'm like this is why i don't fucking read books because <laughs> or listen to them or whatever because this is hours of my life that is gone now yeah. whereas if i watch a movie it might be two hours two and a half tops yeah versus like 16 hours yes it it infuriates me. <laughs> However, I'm listening to another one now, which we talked about on this podcast. Yes. What's it called? The Year of the Witching. <laughs> I'm reading it. Uh, yeah. The Year of the Witching by Alexis Henderson. I remembered the name. Mm-hmm. And it is turning out to be fucking chef's kiss. I'm very much enjoying that. Um, and then I have another one called The Hollow Girl, I think. House of Hollow. No. Oh. I House of Hollow I do have on hold. But I, in searching for something else um, to read after this one, while I'm waiting for House of Hollow, I found one called The Hollow Girl, Mm -hmm. and it sounds fucking terrifying and just wicked. Oh. And the only thing that's available, though, is an ebook, not an audiobook, which Mm. I have all the time in the world to listen to an audiobook when I'm at work, but I need my eyes and my hands for other things. Right. So I'm, I'm still going to try and get it. Uh, my phone isn't even compatible to download whatever format it's in. Oh no. Yeah. So I like checked it out, tried to download it. My phone was like, eh, I can't do that. And then I returned it. So now I have to get on Kindle, mm. um, and get that. But maybe that might be a, um, my own, my first book, Monstrous Media at some point here in a couple weeks. Um, anyway, I've just been like listening to books at work that's been fine work's been going okay um all my animals are fine and happy um we went to a concert last weekend which was super fun uh just nate and i we went and saw fire from the gods stained and corn uh got some band t-shirts my first ever band t-shirt at 30 years old Mm -hmm. i've been slacking uh same girl like yeah I, I would have so many more of them if I had gone to more concerts in my time. Yes. But anyway, um, it, that was a, a nice night out. I feel like I did something last Friday and I couldn't tell you what it is. I feel like I was pretty busy all last weekend. Yeah. I'm busy all this weekend. Tomorrow I'm going to um, Ink Carceration, mm-hmm. which is a big like music tattoo festival. In our area. Formerly known Ink in the Clink. Yeah. Going with Nate and Brandy. So that will be fun. And then I'm spending the day with mom on Sunday. I know that's not stuff that happened during last week. And it's coming up. But that's all I have. Because my life has been boring. Uh, happily boring though. So that's all I have. Okay. On to the food. On to the food. Which was delicious. What is it called? <laughs> It is grilled potato spinach quesadillas. Oh. I only ate two of them. But there are more. I will be back. I will be back. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. This is probably one of my favorite dishes that you've made. Yes. Of course, because it's like one of the most unhealthy. It features potato. Yeah. <laughs> Look, there's Irish in me, okay? <laughs> potato. I require the potato. <laughs> so I was I was very happy. Yes. So go ahead and tell us about it. Okay. So this recipe is actually um, adapted from an original recipe. So I found this recipe on Pinterest. Was super excited because I'm like, ooh, it looks beautiful. Look how beautiful. Look, look at this gorgeousness. Oh, you're actually you showing not, me. You were not beholding the <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, do a stretch. Behold. Um, actually, I think yours look better. Okay. Well, I thought it looked pretty appetizing and was like, yes, yes, would like. I mean, they are crispy. Yes, they look very crispy. Which, I mean, I like. Yes. But I still think yours looks better. So, the unfortunate thing is is that the account that this comes from, it's like, um, go to my YouTube channel, but there's no link. There's no hyperlink. 
And so I spent forever trying to, like, get this shit to work. It don't work. You go to the person's, like, oh, yeah, check out my website. No, incorrect, can't find. And I had to laugh because the person's, like, account is either, is every other post is a picture of them, these quesadillas. A picture of them, these quesadillas. <laughs> For, like, 50 pictures. They're like, hey, look at, look at these, these rad quesadillas I made. Yes. That's awesome. It, it's quesadillas at a different angle. <laughs> every other photo. And then a picture of their face. Let me just lift the shell a little. Oh, yes. Give it to me. Yes. Yes. Work. <laughs> <laughs> Work. Work that cheese. Work that pote. Smizing. Smile. What? Tyra Banks. Smizing. Smile with your eyes. Oh, I had no fucking. Oh well, you know I've been watching RuPaul lately, so. Ah. Anyway, so I sort of just went with what I had mm-hmm. and trucked along. So if it. I will include the link to the person's um, original recipe as best I can. I don't want to, like, say that I'm stealing somebody's recipe. Obviously, I got this recipe from somebody else, um, but I adapted it as my own. Mm -hmm. So I will leave you the link, but I will also tell you what I did personally. And as far as following that link and getting to where you want to be, may the odds be ever in your favor. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) So, I started out with a white corn tortilla, Mm -hmm. and then you put Mexican cheese on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You put that in a pan, you let the cheese kind of melt down, and this took a, a bit of finesse to figure out exactly how to make it look much better. You should have seen the first couple ones. (laughs) Um, So I figured out that the secret to making it fold and look nice was using the mashed potatoes and almost spreading it like peanut butter in a thin layer around the whole tortilla. And then um, you put wilted spinach, which I put a little bit of sesame oil in, because I think it gives it almost like a meatier flavor. That must have been what I tasted. Yeah. It wasn't bad, but it, it just what it was unexpected. Yeah. I tend to like wilted spinach with a little bit of sesame oil and soy sauce, but I didn't think the soy sauce would go very well. Mm, with... I think that would have been good. Okay. I didn't want to gamble on it. Um... So I just put a little bit of sesame oil because it tends to give it that uh, more umami, uh, meatier flavor. Mm-hmm. So um, then I put that in the middle. So like line down the middle kind of thing of um, wilted spinach and then just pressed it together like you would a quesadilla and let it sit for another couple seconds, another 30 seconds or so mm-hmm. on the pan. And then you... Very important that you let it sit on its side, like on a plate, let it sit like you would a normal quesadilla, that if you let it sit that way, then this tortilla will will crisp up. So it almost has to have a resting period, like when you're curling your hair, how you're supposed to like clip it up and let it cool down completely before you like let it go. <laughs> Cringes in I'm a horrible girl. So that's what I've been doing wrong. <laughs> As I'm thinking about, mm, I'm going to curl my hair tomorrow. Is that much better? Ooh. Yes. You, okay. cur- you curl it, keep it in the position, put the bobby pin through, let it sit, go to the next one. Um, let it sit. a lot of bobby pins. You can work in sections. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It doesn't take long to let them cool. And do the hairspray. Yes. Okay. You're welcome. You're learning all sorts of things tonight. Yes. All right. So, yeah, very simple dish. You could... I made the... Yeah, I made the mashed potatoes, but you could obviously do this with, like, leftover mashed potatoes. This is supposed to be, like, a pantry food. Like, you have leftover tortillas that are going to go bad soon. You have leftover mashed potatoes. Oh, that spinach is going to wilt before too long. And we have some cheese. Make it happen. Why are all my potato dishes sort of a 
use your leftover mashed potatoes. I don't know. I just realized because, this. Because everybody is always afraid because mashed potatoes are the best. Potatoes are the best. Yes. So you make plenty of whatever potato dish that you have. And if you have leftovers, then it's a gift from the gods, as everybody knows. <laughs> so you can't let that spoil. Yes. Must use. Must so use. that's why there are all these beautiful, delectable, delicious... I can't think of another D word. Uh, devilish potato no. recipes. Yes. I'm done. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, this one's pretty simple. Again, I'll leave the inspiration for the recipe in the show notes, and then I'll give you what I actually did also in the show notes. So that way you can follow along. There is a TikTok for this one. So when this uh, episode comes out, there will be TikToks. Woo! So that way you can go check that out, too. We're getting more steady with that. Yeah. We're getting there. We're figuring it out. Okay. So, obviously, I think we have done every healthy thing in this dish. So, I decided to focus on how to make the best mashed potatoes. Okay. Yes. Which potatoes should you mash? Are you asking me? No. Okay. I'm gathering. You're like, no, I am not. (laughs) I am gathering my thoughts. As a matter of fact, I'm fucking not. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for asking. (laughs) Is rhetorical, bitch. (laughs) Don't you see the light from my phone as I look at my nose? (laughs) I thought you were waiting for me, though. I'm like, (sighs) I know the answer. Am I supposed to answer it? Okay, go ahead. I'm sweating now. <laughs> you put... Sweating. I'm sweating potato starch. <laughs> okay, so russet potatoes are the make the fluffiest and smoothest mash. Yukon Golds for the richest and creamiest of mash. Red Bliss, only if you want to use it for skin-on smashed potatoes, which are my personal favorite. I don't discriminate. I love all potatoes. I love every shape, every size. Every way you make them. I like... I like big boys. Itty bitty boys. From the city boys? I don't know. I don't know. I forget. I Mississippi thought... boys. I like the the big boys with the bow tie. Get your hair did. Let it blow dry. <laughs> I like a big beard. I like a clean face. I don't discriminate. Let me get a taste. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I like all potatoes. Unless they have onions in them. And then you can fuck right the fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) And the last one that we have to talk about is the uh, fingerling potatoes. These are not good for making mashed potatoes. They're the best for roasting or putting, like, in a pot roast or something like that. Smash them. Yeah, you can smash them with a little squoosh. Mm -hmm. But they're not good for mashed potatoes. No. No. They're good for nice little fingerling crispy potatoes. Yes. So, the tools the best tools there we go for mashed potatoes a potato ricer makes super fluffy mashed potatoes a potato masher whatever shape that comes in whether you've got the little squiggly line or you've got the circle with the waffle looking dealy those are the best for mashed potatoes with some lumps and an electric mixer makes smooth and creamy potato choose your weapon Fucking TikTok. That's um video games. Okay. What is happening? I don't know. So last I have a couple potato fun facts. Did you know that potatoes were the first food to be grown in space? What? Yeah. In 1996, potato plants were taken into space with the Space Shuttle Columbia. Nice. Did you know that potatoes are 80% water? I did not know that. Super healthy. Yes. The heaviest potato uh, weighed 10 pounds, 14 ounces. Mm. A very large spud. Mm. Potatoes are grown in every single state here in the U.S. Yeah. And the average American consumes about 125 pounds of potatoes per year. That's not enough. Those are rookie numbers. <laughs> we gotta we gotta get those numbers up. 
125 pounds? Yes. Please. That's amateur. <laughs> Don't listen to me. I weigh too much. <laughs> I am a potato. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but those are my potato facts and mashed potatoes help for you. Nice. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, you know what's crazy is I, it never even occurred to me to use an electric hand mixer. Really, that's all I ever use. I don't even own a potato masher. I do. Really? Yeah. I own, like, the squiggle line one. Oh, yeah. So it takes me ten minutes. Because I don't mind, like, chunkier mashed potatoes, I guess. But I do like smoother ones Mm. more. And so it takes me an outrageous amount of (laughs) time to try and get them the consistency that I want them. But anyway. See, and that's funny because between, um, between my mom's... Between my moms, my biological mother would always use a hand mixer 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. So she had, like, the smoothest, like, not quite school mashed potatoes smooth. They were a little bit more fluffy Mm -hmm. than that, but that's what she used. And then my stepmom would always use a potato masher. And she would spend, like you, a redonkulous amount of time just... (laughs) You really get to work out your anger. Yes. And exercise your arm. That's like the original shake weight, only it's not weighted. I guess it's just the movement. Yes. Which you can also do by jacking off. Yes. (laughs) Just saying. So I, I tend to like my potato texture somewhere in between. So, like, I have... As you've seen on TikTok, my stand mixer, mm-hmm. I'll let that go for just a couple minutes and let it be chunkier. So I get some smooth and some chunk. I'm super jealous of your stand mixer, by the way. Yes. It's beautiful. I want one. But at the same time, I have plenty of kitchen appliances that I don't use. Girl, it's worth it. I don't... Yeah, but I think it's really good, especially if you're, like, a baker. Correct? I use it for everything. Everything. I have a hand mixer. The bitch is ratchety now. I don't use her at it's all. It's ratchety. <laughs> no, I use they're it so for... expensive, though. I know they're so expensive, but they have a, I believe, a lifetime warranty. And it I com- can make pasta. Yeah, and it comes with a shit ton of attachments, like standard. But yeah, it is definitely worth it. My I got it as a Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I use it all the time. Pancake mix, mashed potato, sometimes gravy, mm. sometimes baking. Maybe I will. I think my issue is if I just have more storage, which actually... Fun little thing going on, actually. Um, I'm going to set aside, like, four to $500, hmm. and I'm going to let my mom give my kitchen a makeover. I'm going to send her pictures for inspiration. I'm going to give her a list of preferred aesthetics and a list of don't even fucking think about it aesthetics, because this might not be the best idea. I'm aware. I am aware. But I want my kitchen to look better, but I don't want to do it. And she, she likes decorating stuff. Girl is brave. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, look, here's this money. Decorate it. Make it look better. Help me with organization. Like, feel free to buy, you know, things to help with organization, whatever. Right. Um, yeah. I'm also considering putting a pole um a hanging pole or whatever above my kitchen sink. That way I may hang plants there. Oh, I like it. Which I've seen everywhere. A lot of people are doing it right now. Yes. Um, and as I have showed you, um, Jasper and Binks are bad, bad boys. destroying my plant room. Bad boys. They are mean bad boys. So I'm going to have to figure out where else I can put some fucking plants. Anyway, um, thank you for your food. Are we good to go with story? Yes, ma'am. Okie dokie. So, today we are going to talk about the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Oh, mm-hmm. we're going there. We're, yep. Yeah, we're doing it. Um, it was either going to be that or um, 
the origin story of uh, the Exorcist. That one's a little bit more in depth. Guess we're going to the loony bin. We're going to the loony bin. So, the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum is one of the most allegedly haunted areas in West Virginia, containing a lot of secrets from the years of the Civil War up toward the closing in 1994. Um, right? <laughs> the place was known as Weston State Hospital when it was first constructed in the 1800s. The construction stopped in 19... Not 19, 1858, due to the Union soldiers wanting to use the land, which it says that on uh, the asylum's official website. So it was, oh gosh, I don't want to say constructed. The idea for this came from a man named Thomas Kirkbride. Um, he believed that the patients should be allowed to roam the facility to have more freedom. He believed that letting them roam would help them be cured of their illness. Um, the place was able to contain 250 people in their own comfortable rooms. However, in 1863, tragedy struck the hospital. Due to an increase in mental health diagnoses, mm -hmm. the hospital was overrun with 500 more patients with different problems. I was going to say, tell me how much over we went from that number. It gets a lot worse. Oh, goody, the worse. hospital could hardly keep up with patients, and conditions started to decline rapidly. Shocker. According to the website, allthatsinteresting.com, patients were crammed together with four or five in one small room that could only fit one person. By 1938, the asylum was six times over capacity. The patients were running wild and they were out of control. They hardly had anywhere to keep any, any more patients. I don't know why that sentence was in there. I should have omitted it. Um, food supplies were running low. There wasn't enough staff. Why would admissions take that many people? If you know that you're that far over capacity, why wouldn't you be like, eh, enough. In here. That, and I just, I don't think they had anywhere else to put them. Well, here, this will, okay. Yeah. Um, the hospital admitted its first patients in 1864, though construction continued until 1881. With the war over in 1865 and the soldiers gone, building on the asylum boomed saving the Western area from post-war economic depression. The asylum would remain the economic heart of Weston until it closed 130 years later. With understanding of mental illness still in its infancy, a bewildering array of maladies and complaints were treated at the asylum between 1864 and 1889, including, you can already guess one. Oh yeah. I mean, multiple, I'm sure. Yes. But including <laughs> masturbation, laziness, fits, desertion of husband, superstition, and the dreaded menstrual derangement. As responsibility for the unproductive, non-compliant, mentally impaired, and genuinely mentally ill shifted from families and private organizations to the state, asylums like TALA, T-A-L-A, mm -hmm. became dumping grounds for the damaged and unwanted. Originally designed, as I said, to house 250 with privacy and comfort, the hospital held 717 patients by 1880, 1,661 in 1938, over 1,800 in 1949, and a dangerously overcrowded 2,600 in the 1950s. In keeping with the Kirkbride ideal of self-sufficiency and to keep up with a growing population, more buildings began to sprout up within the property, including a greenhouse that supplied fresh produce, a geriatric center for the elderly and those suffering from dementia and Alzheimer's, a large kitchen facility and cafeteria, a building for court-ordered criminally insane in a state-of-the-art medical center complete with Morgan autopsy room. It also had a separate tuberculosis building. Due to the contagious nature of the disease, it was necessary to keep these patients isolated from the general population. This building differed in design from the others with its open-aired wings and screened-in sun porches. 
Today, this building remains relatively intact and hosts the local Halloween haunted house attraction each fall. Hmm. Yeah. I just don't understand why you would keep people in that, like, laziness. Why does that mean to be in there in the first place? Or, you know, leaving your husband. Let her go. Why would you want to pay the monthly rent for her to be there? Let her go. Let her go. No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm I, you and I on. both had the same thought because I was about yeah, to. Yeah, you started. You started, and I was like, <laughs> any kid listening to this, well, their parent listening to this, if their kid is around, they're gonna be like, let it go. No, sorry. Um, everyone benefited from this relationship except for the patients who crammed into an overcrowded, understaffed underfunded facility cried out for help and in some cases justice unsurprisingly death was no stranger to tala and several murders were committed inside its walls Mm -hmm. so those who spent time in the building regularly reported seeing apparitions of nurses doctors and patients roaming the staggered corridors and hearing anguished cries echoing through the hallways Taking a cue from shuttered institutional facilities like the Ohio State Reformatory and Waverly Hills Sanatorium, they began offering historic tours and overnight ghost hunts, folding revenue back into the facility for repairs and restoration. Several irrelevant tangents later. So it was the owner who started offering historic tours and overnight ghost hunts to help get revenue back into the facility for repairs and restoration. As its reputation quickly spread, um, Tala attracted the attention of the media. The TAPS team from Ghost Hunters filmed and investigated in 2008, and Ghost Adventures followed in 2009 with a seven-hour investigation on Halloween Eve. Hmm. Both teams believe the building to be haunted, and there have been countless subsequent reports of ghostly activity by visitors and staff. Thousands of suffering souls enter the hospital seeking refuge or salvation. Both teams believe the building to be haunted, and there have been countless subsequent reports of ghostly activity by visitors and staff. Thousands of suffering souls enter the hospital seeking refuge or salvation. Others were dumped there, thrown away like unwanted trash. With such a thick mixture of energy and emotion, it's no wonder Tala offers a rich potpourri of paranormal phenomena. The lonely spirit of a young girl named Lily wanders the halls looking for a playmate. She makes herself known to visitors in several ways, including interacting with a menagerie of toys set out in the room dedicated to her memory. But Lily isn't the only child there. Ghosts of many of the hospital's younger residents haunt the upper floors, sometimes following visitors throughout the building and even following them home. Oh my god. The Civil War left more than scars behind in Weston. Tortured moans of the wounded, heavy-booted footfalls, misty forms, and ominous shadows permeate the Civil War section of the building. Nor are the upper floors as vacant as they seem. The spirits of at least two vicious murderers remain, trapped in an earthly purgatory for their crimes. Slewfoot, a cunning psychotic... Murderously lashed out in a lavatory, the phantom of an even more depraved, unnamed multi-murderer haunts the dungeon-like seclusion cells. Some of the most despondent asylum patients thought suicide a way out, but they too remain stuck indefinitely between this world and the next. Their desperation seeps from the walls like water from broken pipes. Guides and visitors feel that some spirits come and go, perhaps using the facility as a doorway, Some stop by for a short while before passing on to other destinations, while others cannot or will not move on, embedded in the very foundation of the asylum. A still controversial treatment was used extensively at the hospital. Any clues? Lobotomy? Yep. The ice pick, or the transorbital lobotomy, was a... (laughs) was a crude procedure where a sharp one- or two-pronged device was driven through the orbital socket of the eye and into the brain with a sharp blow, causing permanent damage thought to relieve some of the patient's more severe symptoms. In 1952, one doctor performed 228 such lobotomies during a two-week period. 
in West Virginia. You know, I really want to know if they thought that this worked because it made them sort of vegetable-like later, or if it actually ever made somebody seem quote-unquote normal afterward. I mean, I'm pretty sure people just turned into vegetables. Yeah. And they're just like, well, they're not running around being hysteric. Yeah. Or, well, of course, as we uh, we see, their version of, like, unruly or bad is yeah. not quite normal. It could be like, oh, he asked for the proper meds. Let's give him a lobotomy so he won't talk to us anymore. Yeah. Fixed it. Yep. <laughs> Um, the aptly named Operation Ice Pick became part of the grisly legacy of Dr. Walter Freeman, which was Tala's most notorious doctor. The most popular area on the first floor is Lily's room, located in the eastern corner of Ward 4, a step between Ward 1 and the older Civil War section. The staff has turned this room into a sort of shrine to her, to their resident spirit honoring her life and memory. Legend has it that Lily was a little girl who spent all or most of her short, sad life inside the walls of the asylum. Some believe she was dropped off at the hospital like an unwanted stray by parents who couldn't or wouldn't care for her. Another story has it that she was born at the hospital shortly after her mother was committed, taken in and cared for by hospital staff until she died tragically of pneumonia at the age of nine. After her death, her spirit remained inside the asylum, the only home she had ever known. The most active of all the ghosts in the hospital, Lily likes to play games with visitors and has become especially close to some of the current guides. Her room is a cheery yellow, one of the brightest in the building, although the peeling walls and broken window glass remind you that no living soul occupies this space, and the iron bars on the windows are a stark reminder of the bygone realities of asylum life. The room is stocked with a variety of toys, including a pink and white music box, no, with a miniature ballerina turning point to a tinkling lullaby when the box is opened. The music box sometimes decides to play on its own. Shocker. Other items, such as baby dolls and plastic bouncy balls, are scattered about the room. These toys, set out as an invitation to play, have been known to move by themselves or in response to commands. Lily will, on occasion, <clears throat> excuse me, roll the ball back and forth with visitors in an eerie game of catch. Lily seems to delight in these ghostly playdates, and visitors often hear her giggles, mm. equal parts sweet and spine-tingling, echoing down the halls. Some of the guides at the asylum have developed a special protective bond with the girl's spirit, demanding that she be treated with kindness and respect. Lily remembers and favors frequent visitors, interacting with them in specific ways. Paranormal investigator Aaron Solser has investigated the asylum a dozen times. He claims one of Lily's favorite games involves the music box and flashlights. Hmm. During a recent session, Aaron asked Lily if she remembered him, and if so, to please make herself known. He placed flashlights in different areas of the room, set up so that a slight twist on the top would turn them on or off. Aaron wound the music box and began asking questions. A flashlight turned on, indicating Lily was there. As the music slowed, the flashlight dimmed, only to return to full brightness when the music box was wound again. This occurred several times throughout the session. When Aaron asked if Lily was making it happen, he got a positive response. The correlation between the music box and the flashlight was so consistent, Aaron had no doubt Lily was manipulating it. (laughs) So, of course, there's like three different possible stories on how Lily came about. Which I've already mentioned some. Um, yeah. Myth or mystery, what does remain is the evidence, the accounts, the EVPs, all suggesting that a small female child who goes by the name Lily roams the halls of the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, making her shy and yet playful self known to visitors who come to meet her. She speaks, and as long as she has something to say, we will listen regardless of her terrestrial origins. So that's all I have about the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Obviously pretty heavy on Lily. Yeah. Because she seems like the most like well-known, the most active mm-hmm. uh, apparition, ghost, what have you, um, of all the ones that are there. But I'm sure as you can imagine, that 
place has got to be pretty fucking rampant. Yeah. With spirits. I think it's interesting that she has sort of a cognizance mm-hmm. and is not, or doesn't seem to be, anyway, a evil entity. Yeah, it doesn't. In all the different accounts and stuff that I read, she's not an evil entity. It, it just seems like she was some poor little girl that just got stuck there somehow. Yeah. And, of course, her life ended too soon. Probably in a horrible way. Yeah. So, yeah. That's... I mean, there's... And there's tons more websites. Um, of course, I wanted to... I, I realized that that was more focusing on Lily. Um, so I guess she's our, our main ghost for the episode. But if y'all want to do some more research, I mean, there are plenty more... Plenty more out there. Yeah. Uh, different accounts and stuff that people have of different ghosts that are there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot more historically, too. Um, it talked about, like, the war a lot more, and I just... I didn't want to add that part in because it was already going to be pretty heavy on the here's how this came about, here's what went on type thing. Here's the fuckery. Yeah. But, um, yep. Uh, it would definitely be a place I would be interested in going to. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting. I can't imagine what it would have been like to live in that fucking place. They Uh, thought that, like, fresh air and sunshine was the cure for fucking TB back then. Which just blows my mind, man. That's, I mean, it's been shown to help the, you know, the uh, contaminants of indoor. And you have to think, too, like, back then, you were, everybody had a wood fireplace. So it's going to do you real good. Yeah. If you have damaged lungs. Yeah. So, I mean, they were on the right general track of, let's get you some fresh air. Yeah. And, I mean, it did help some people, mm-hmm. not everybody, but, you know, some people to be able to get out of, like, inner city life or whatnot. That was also, a, a, you know, almost a subscription, prescription, was to go live out in the country to help. And it did mm-hmm. for some people. But, yeah. It's funny. I think there was another, on another website I read, of course, this might be a completely different, like, asylum. I might just have all my freaking wires crossed. But I thought at one point um, either caught on fire or a lot of inmates escaped um, or even they were allowed to furlough, Mm. have furlough there. Mm -hmm. Like they're like, hey, you know, here you have like this money or you don't have any money or whatever. You're free to go do whatever you want. Like, leave the facility unsupervised for hours. Oh. Enjoy. And they would go to, like, the closest town and wreak havoc. And then, like, have to come back. Mm -hmm. Which, of course, like, some of them aren't coming back. Yeah. And so they would have to go out and, like, try and find these people. But who knows how many of those people actually needed to be there. I mean, of course, if you're getting thrown in there for masturbation or women's hysteria or whatever the fuck they called it. Yeah. Uh. It makes me wonder, like, if you, you know, I'm so focused on the leaving your husband part, and if you were allowed to go out in the town, if you couldn't just find a way out of town, out of the state, because they're not going to track at that, you know, at At that that time, time, definitely not. They're not going to track you down out of state. Yeah. Peace. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's my story. Nice. Sorry, it's it seemed so like clustered and not very well organized. It only seemed that way because it wasn't. No, like I followed everything. I just I feel like um I always laugh whenever you have a story because I feel like I either interrupt you at an odd time or I know that I'm one of those people that like when I'm listening to something my eyes just go glassy and I stare off so that way (laughs) I can focus on what's coming in at me yeah yeah so I'll I'll, like 
Why aren't you saying anything? Blink. Blink. Just blink so she knows that you're paying attention. Yeah. No, you're good. You don't interrupt me that much. I interrupt you a lot more. A lot more. Even when you just have the food. Like, when you talk less, I still interrupt you more. I guess I find that normal. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, no this or that for you guys this week. Um, but we do have monstrous media. Monstrous Media. The section will contain spoilers, so proceed with caution. Gonna... Why don't you go ahead? Bree has a book. Okay, so I have another book this week. So, the book that I read this week is called House of Hollow by Crystal Sutherland. This is a very popular book right now. Yes. Um... So, if you're going to place a hold, do it quickly. Yep. It's going to take a minute to... It took me, like, two, maybe three weeks to get it. I think only two weeks to get it. Um, but it's very popular. So, House of Hollow is about three sisters who are very odd. They're... When they were kids, they were in Scotland with their parents... And on New Year's Eve, their parents turned to kiss each other. And by the time that they turned back, their children had disappeared. Were gone for a month. And reappeared naked and completely unharmed. So, fast forward about ten years later, the girls don't remember anything about what happened. Um... So the three sisters are Grey, Vivi, and Iris Hollow. And the main character is Iris Hollow. She's the youngest sister. They go, that's the order they're born in. Mm -hmm. And she is living with her mother. Um, Her father died um, several years back. He committed suicide. Um, And her sisters had dropped out of school and struck out on their own. Gray at 17, Vivi at 15. And so you kind of, um, they find out their oldest sister is missing. Mm -hmm. The girls don't have a great relationship with their mother. The older girls don't have a great relationship with their mother. Um, so the Vivi and Iris spend, we're spending time together. Vivi's back in town and um, they're, they can't find their oldest sister. She's supposed to be in town. She's missing. And these girls have, um, very strange abilities, like the ability to know where the other one is, almost like an energy signature. They, when they were abducted as children, they had dark hair and blue eyes, but as they, once they came back, they um, slowly had their whole hair turn white, all three of them, and have black eyes. They tend to attract very odd and spooky things to them. So their oldest sister, Gray, is a fashion designer and model at only 21 years old. Yeah, she's pretty... Affluent, fortunately. Yeah, there we go. I'm like, what is the freaking word I wanted? Affluent. Um, but she's definitely the most odd of the three. And um, her youngest sister, Iris, just puts her on a pedestal. And so they can't find their sister. They go to her apartment after talking with her boyfriend. After talking with a place that she frequents so on and so forth. They go to her apartment and they're rummaging through the house and a corpse falls out of the closet. No, thank you. Not their sister. It is some other person and as they're like hiding 
from somebody who's come into the house after them, Mm -hmm. they realize that there is a lot more strange, occulty things happening here. Mm -hmm. And it... I don't want to give too much away. I know that I've been kind of bouncing around here, but it, um, if you like Celtic stories, if you like the strange and unusual, this is definitely a book for you. Um, is this modern times? I'm, I'm assuming so. The story takes place yes. in? Okay. Yes. You said like model and fashion designer so i was assuming yes they i think it said that they were abducted in like 2011 is where where they're posted at so yeah so it's modern times um which also makes it very interesting because of how they talk and and um some content that you'll learn later in the book Mm -hmm. it's i'm just surprised I'm just surprised to see it in a modern times thing. Okay. Um, but yes, a very good book. I I love the creativity of an age-old myth that we have talked about as well. Um, we didn't do a whole thing on it, but we have talked about it. Um, so a very creative take on how these beings came to be. Um, and very twisty turny. So frustrated because, like, I'm trying to figure this out now. Even though, like, I have, you know, I'm going to read the book, I'm like, their fucking hair and their eye color changes. Mm -hmm. You didn't talk about their diet. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay. Haven't mentioned anything about lunar cycles. Mm-hmm. And they seem like they're they fit into normal community as well. Yes. And they're they're living a normal life for the most part. Mm-hmm. Seemingly. Yeah. The oldest sister is a fashion designer and model. The middle sister is a bassist in a rock band. Fucking a. Yeah. She's very punk pink energy for me. Oh yeah. And the youngest sister is still in high school studying to be a doctor to go to Cambridge. I just, I'm excited to read it. Anyway, um. But yeah, very, very interesting read. I love the twists and turns that this took. I thought that I had it figured out and then it would twist some other way and I'm like, well, maybe not. And then it would twist another way. Maybe not. That's what's currently happening with Year of the Witching for me. I feel like a dog that has heard an interesting noise and just heads aside. The German German shepherd head tilt. Yes. Satellite ears, head to the side. That, That was me throughout this whole book. And then the last couple chapters just made a whole lot. Like, it just made it all come together. And I like that this book also ends with a good um, sort of wrap up. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's 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 closure. Yeah, good closure. There's closure, but there's also potential for another book if Ooh. if the author would want to do that, which would be very cool too. Cool. Um, because yeah, the the end kind of leads into the possibility of another adventure if she wanted to make it so. Uh-huh. So I'm excited. I I kind of hope that she will make another book because I would be interested to see where she would go with that. Because she set the bar so high on her first one mm-hmm. that really I don't see a way that she could just totally flop the second one. How she... Um, set up the first. So. Nice. I'm very excited. I can't wait to read it. (laughs) Ah, anyway. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And that was, I think, just perfectly enough. You, you told us just enough. Yes. And didn't give away anything. Enough to tease you in. Yes. And, yeah. So, either 
borrow it from your library, go buy it, go get it online. House of Hollow by Crystal Sutherland. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. So that is all we have for you all this week. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Baking with Booze. You can send in your listener stories or recipes to baking underscore with underscore booze at yahoo.com. Other than that, uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode, that you have a fabulous week ahead, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.